Hello and welcome back to the View from the Tunnel podcast brought to you by Mongoose Sports and Entertainment. It's episode two. Apologies, there's been a slight delay since episode one. I'm not very new to this, so just trying to get everything sorted. Episode one saw us talk to incredibly interesting guests, George Ellick and Stephen Power, the racing blogger. We talked all things Cheltenham. That's still available if you want to have a listen. Obviously, it's slightly outdated now the festival's over, but it's a good listen nonetheless uh, to two guys who are incredibly, incredibly knowledgeable on the uh, on horse racing. We stick to racing this week, although we move from horses to people and obstacle course racing. We have the general manager of Spartan Race UK, Sam Lansdale, in, and he will be talking about everything Spartan, basically. All you need to know from the CEO to the challenges of running the business to how he got there. It's an incredibly interesting company. It's only on the app. I hope you enjoy the uh, interview. Who am I? I am Spartans. Spartans, what is your profession? Let's race. Our guest this week is Sam Lansdale, the general manager of Spartan Race UK and Ireland. Sam, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. No worries. I thought we'd get you on because A, Spartan is incredibly interesting as a concept. B, you are an interesting person. And C, the Spartan Race series in the UK starts this week on Saturday. It does indeed. It starts on Saturday the 7th of April. So, And where is that? It's down in uh, down in Kent, just outside of London, uh, in actually my hometown, Sevenoaks. So uh, yeah, just short right outside of London. Perfect. You're here as a Spartan representative. You are the general manager, a fairly young general manager, I think you'd agree, and people who know how old you are would agree. How long have you been with the company? I've been doing it for what? Yeah, so 12, 14, 15 months now. First year was tough. Like I just didn't, <laughs> had no idea what Spartan even was. Everyone took, uh, took the mickey out of me because I kept calling it Spartan. Uh, so my uh, very middle-class accent was letting me down there. But eventually I got into the habit of saying Spartan. And uh, yeah, it was a pretty pretty crazy year, but it was it was great. I feel you touched on quite a good point there, saying you didn't even know what Spartan is. And I've actually just realised that we haven't even sort of talked about it. So in 20 seconds or 30 seconds, do you want to just tell the listeners who don't know what Spartan Race is? Yeah, sure. So Spartan Race uh, was founded in 2010 in the sport of obstacle course racing. And we essentially run a a series of of races all over the world. Uh, I think we're in 35 countries now, about a million races a year. And as I said, it's it's an obstacle course race. So it's uh, a series of races ranging from five kilometers up to 50 kilometers uh, for the the real hardcore with a series of obstacles, really focusing on uh, functional fitness and, and really sort of holding oneself to account. So rather than it being a bit of a fad and, and sort of uh, more of an event, it's definitely a race. It's timed, you get a medal, you're, you're ranked, so you get a, a real progression in terms of there's a reason to come back. You might do your, your sprint, which is the five kilometer in, I don't know, an hour and a half because it's a challenging race. And then next year you want to come back and do it in an hour and 15. 
And similarly, if you do your sprint, which is the five kilometer race, your super, which is the 12 kilometer race, and your beast, the 25 kilometer, all in one uh, calendar year, in one series, uh, then you, you get what's called the trifecta. Um, which is the sort of each each medal is pretty cool. It comes with like a little third wedge, and those three wedges join together to to form the trifecta. So it's it's a pretty cool brand. Nice, nice. And we can't really talk about the sort of the birth of Sparta without talking about uh, Joe DeSena, who is the brand CEO. I need to choose my words correctly because he may listen, but he's eccentric. I'd say we we maybe describe him as. Could you could you just talk about Joe for a, for a split second? Uh, yeah. So so Joe is uh, is pretty inspirational. He um, is a is a serial entrepreneur. He you know he was running businesses. I, I can't remember when he started, but I feel like it was when he was sort of in his teenage years. And he started a, a pool cleaning business in America. Sold that. I think he then was on Wall Street for a few years. Uh, made a lot of money, but. Found that the the lifestyle of, of Wall Street was, and again, I, I think these are his own words. You know, he, he piled on the pounds. He was whining and dining every night, and he just felt this was a very, very weird way to uh, to live your life. On the side of that, he was really interested in endurance racing and endurance events, and uh, I think he experimented with a with a number of uh, ideas from around 2000 onwards. And then in in 2010, he he settled on the idea of Spartan. I think one, it was still tough enough and and mature enough to be a, a challenge and to be something which people were scared of, and, and you know would it'd have to be some sort of element of training towards. But at the same time, it was accessible. It was a you know it was a commercial product that would work in in a mass market because you can't can't necessarily run something which is only going to appeal to a, a tiny portion of uh, of the population. So yeah, settled on Spartan racing in, in 2010 and. Yeah, he, he's a he's a wacky guy. He uh, expects a lot, but um, you know he's grown a business over seven or eight years from one country, one race in, on his farm uh, in Vermont to you know over two hundred races, I think a million races a year of it in thirty five countries. So, pretty incredible growth. Um, and yeah, he certainly keeps us on our toes. So we made it to the one mile mark. I think we have like two miles left. Oh man, that obstacle looks fun. Oh. Well, he made that look easy. Come on, John, jump over and roll it. There, you got it. You can still, you can do it. You're not stuck. Yeah, trying to get through some water. We have an option. Yeah, skipping we could technically go that way because there's no one saying you can't. We're not gonna do that. But we're not cheaters. John says we're going through it. And it's like waist deep. Look, oh my oh. god. <laughs> you haven't even touched on my favorite thing about Joe, which is that he uh, walks around with sand in his shoes to toughen up his the yeah, so soles he, of his feet. He. I mean, I think he leads by example. I mean, he, he carries a kettlebell around all over the place, uh, like a 20 kg kettlebell, Me just too. randomly. Um, I don't know what happens when he goes to security airports, but um, I assume he's okay, or he just bashes them around the head with a kettlebell. <laughs> um, he walks around with sand in his shoes, and it essentially, his point is, is that it's resetting a frame of reference. If you can do that, then you know you can redo, you can do anything. Maybe we should go around. No, I'm sliding. No. No, we're going through this, John. We're going. Okay. We're going. Oh, it's freezing. Oh my gosh. It's cold. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to make sure I don't. Oh my gosh. This is terrible. It's not so bad. Just go slow. Just... Oh, there's a rock there. There's a rock. Hey, that wasn't so bad. We're just freezing from the waist down. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he takes cold showers in the morning. He downs a glass of water as soon as he wakes up to get rid of all the toxins from his body. He does like a random number of burpees every single day just for fun, I think. And again, the the whole point that underpins both him as a person and the business is that it's trying to sort of better people's lives. And, and really his his mission statement, he talks about uh, ripping a million people off the couch. I'm crawling. We paid money for this. We paid money to crawl. 
Oh man, it's getting really. It's getting low. Be careful. It's getting very low. Super low. Let me show you guys how low it is. Look how low it is. John's right there, almost hitting his head. It's super low. Uh, I'm gonna have to put this camera up so I can crawl faster. I'm gonna try the roll. Oh, you're gonna try the roll? I gotta get this on camera. Rolly, rolly, rolly. Oh, you're rolling. I gotta try the roll. I gotta try the roll. It's still about changing people's lives at its core. And his aim is, it's, it's an Olympic aim. He wants obstacle course racing in the Olympics. And I mean, I guess the way this, the sport is going over here and in the US, the number of participants is only growing. So you'd like to think that maybe the Olympic Committee might might look in that direction at some point. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, so as you said, the, the, the aim really is to be in the Olympics, um, hopefully by 2024. Uh, so to have obstacle course racing featuring, uh, featured uh, as part of that Olympic Games. And we're, and we're well on our way. You know, you have to, again, I don't know the, the ins and outs, but you have to have a certain number of federations around the world, uh, governing bodies, and, and they are appearing sort of by, by the month, by the year. Um, so, we, yeah, we're, we're well on track. I, as I said, it's, it's, it's a final decision obviously made by the IOC at some point in time. Again, the, the point about Spartan is that we're trying to be a sport and trying to be a credible sport. So, you know, this year across the whole world, we have a series of uh, regional championships uh, whereby people in, in different countries can qualify for their regional championship. No different to any other sport. You know, the, the football world will, will build up to UEFA Europa every every two years and then uh, World Cup, obviously, every other two years. So, um, yeah, we want to have those those profile events and then also have rankings so people can say, hey, I finished, you know, third in my age group in the whole entire world or I finished, uh, I finished first uh, male or female category, uh, you know, at the Windsor Sprint or whatever it might be. So across every single one of our races, we'll have these, um, these rankings and this push towards sport. Everyone will have a time and, and obviously a Spartan medal, which is pretty coveted. Barbed wire, sharp objects. So we got to climb under this. What's the difference? There's a muddy one and there's this one. Can we just climb under either one? I guess so. Yeah, but yeah. That... I, like I think we can. Yeah, that one might be more um, slick over there, actually. But the it mud? Has, it has more room, though. Oh, yeah, you just mean like people going? No, oh. I mean, it has like more height. Oh, it's higher. Height, yeah. Oh, yeah, so this one's lower, so we're going to try the harder one, right? Yeah, I don't know what's harder. <laughs> Either way, you have to watch out for your head. I like the technique over there where they're just rolling. You see how they're rolling? Just keep flat. Or you could try crawling. Which are you going to do? I think I'm going to crawl. You're going to crawl? Let's start getting this crawl going. Crawling. Could you just describe your sort of average obstacle course race, you know, how it starts, how it finishes. Um, I know from experience that Spartan has a spear throwing element in it, incredibly hard spear throwing element. But um, yeah, if you could just sort of walk us through. Yeah, sure. So you, um, as you arrive, you, you park up your car um, and then you go through the uh, the registration zone. So you've got a, a series of, of tents run by uh, a great girl in our team called Kate. Uh, so Kate sort of welcomes you to the to the race. She registers you, you go through, you, you drop off your bag. Plenty of chance to check out loads of stalls in the festival area. So we've got music. We've got, I think some of our events have got a big inflatable rugby pitch. We've got a big screen, screen, you know, screening some of our footage from around the world and also our current events. We then set off waves every uh, every 15 minutes. So waves go off every 15 minutes. I'm from under the start arch. Spartan Phil, who's the, the guy with the chiseled chest, he sort of jeez you up, sort of the battlefields of Thermopylae. It's very dramatic. Um, I had nothing to do with it. And uh, they then set you off and you, you go off and depending on your race distance, it's you know, 5, 12, 25, or if you're doing an ultra, closer to 50, 50 kilometers. Um, and it, generally the start of the courses tend to be quite open just to let everyone sort of run off and, and get as much steam off, you know, 
run off as much steam as possible and then they, they hit the obstacles um, and they range from you know lifting atlas stones to chucking spears at hay bales to climbing over eight foot walls to crawling under barbed wire to climbing over a big a-frame so yeah it's, as i said it's a big emphasis on, on functional fitness um and then you loop back around and then you finish the race in the festival area so you loop back around we've got the screen so people can check out what's happening out on course so they don't feel left out people come back finish the race Cross the finish line. The last obstacle, the last two obstacles are the you know usually the eight foot walls, which is a pretty iconic one for Spartan, and then the fire jump, which is everyone gets their their photo taken over the fire jump. Normally doing crazy sort of dabs or you know star jumps or whatever <laughs> whatever you know suits the person, and uh, yeah, if it crosses the line. They get a they get a beer, they get uh, plenty of drink and, and food from all of our products, uh, all of our sponsors. Yeah, then they, of course they pick up their medal. Again, depending on their on their race distance, if they've done a sprint, they get a, a red Spartan medal. If they've done a super, a blue one. A beast is a, is a green one. An ultra is a, is, a, is a purple. Pick up their T-shirt and then chill out in the festival. There's music going on, there's food on sale, there's merchandise available. And uh, yeah, we're, we're trying to make a big emphasis this year on making that festival area as, as buzzing as possible. Hey guys, you know what today is. It is time for the Spartan race. Have my Spartan racing buddy over here. He's, he's losing something, but that's okay. Because he's going to be helping me along the way. Hopefully I can help him too. But we already registered. We already got everything with us. The um, the bands, the like some kind of tracker ID. I'm not sure. We have to get this all on us. We only have like 15 minutes. So we have to hurry. And a bit of prize money this year as well for some... For yeah, some, for quite winners. a lot actually by by our standards. So it's the first time we've we've done it in, in the UK. So we've got 12,000 £12, pounds up for grabs in, uh, in total across the series um, and that prize money is won over the, the UK and Ireland series so that's a, it's a collection of five races um, now make, make sure I get this right so it's Southeast Sprint uh, which is the first one we then got the Ireland Super uh, towards the back end of May on the 27th uh, at Punchestown Racecourse which is pretty pretty well known just outside of Dublin uh, it's a sort of Irish version of Cheltenham uh, then we've got the Southwest Super in June down in Gloucestershire. Then we go to the Marston Lodge Sprint, which is in the Midlands, just south of Leicestershire, um, on the 15th of July. And then we finish at Windsor with the Windsor Beast on the 7th of October. So again, just outside of London. Uh, and yeah, across those five races, um, first, second, third, male and female will, will accumulate prize money. Um, but also the points will then accumulate over the course of the series. And at the end of the year, we'll, we'll crown first, second and third, male and female uh, for the entire series. And as I said, they'll then qualify a certain like a roll down system that means they'll qualify for Euro champs, world champs, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. Exciting. Very exciting. Very exciting. I might compete myself. <laughs> I'll believe it when I see it. Um, <laughs> You've just listed off, you know, a lot of races uh, across the UK, and obviously Ireland is new this year. I mean, I guess that it's it's a sort of a show of intent of what you see, where you see Spartan going. You know, it's moving across the British Isles, across across England, and now into Ireland. What's the plan for the next couple of years? Is it just to get more races, or is it to keep a smaller amount of races and just more participants? What's the yeah, good question. Um, so you're good at this one. Uh, <laughs> we want to grow. We want to grow the number of races. Uh, we've currently got six. Last year we had five. Really, by 2020, we want to be edging that towards ten. I don't think we want to overcommit to too many events. Um, we really want to focus on on quality and, and having good numbers because, in itself, uh, it's no different to a tennis match, a football match, a packed out stadium, and in our case, a packed out field. Sounds a little less glamorous, but. It's getting there. It creates a buzz, and you know when you start that that the first heat on the day at, at you know some ungodly hour, I think sort of 
um, 8 a.m. and we're on site from 6 a.m. But when you start off that first heat and the, and the music's blaring, and there's 150 guys and girls sitting off on that elite heat, and there's a good atmosphere already from you know eight in the morning through to five in the afternoon, that really adds to the event. So I don't I don't want to oversaturate the market and go in with with you know tons and tons of races. So I think 10 by 2020 will be a good aim for us. And obviously we you know we as with any mass participation business, it's always about growing your numbers. So that's obviously a key key aim for us, both from a race experience. We want, you know, the more races they have, the better experience is, there's better atmosphere, there's more to do in the festival area, but also just, you know, pure business. You know, we've got to get the numbers up. So. Sure, sure. Um, so, you know, maybe taking Spartan to the to the people of Wales, back to Scotland, maybe even to sort of small Northern Ireland. <laughs> yeah, all on the radar, all on the radar. Um, I won't sort of go into the, the details now for obvious reasons, um, but um, yeah, we, we're, we're looking all over the country. There has definitely been a shift in these events, you know, and I don't want to I don't want to degrade a, a 10K because it's still a very good achievement. But people are looking for more of a challenge now and they're moving away from just running in it on a on a road. And I think you've seen that as as head of Spartan, you know, race numbers are up. As you say, venues are increasing. Does this open a as a as a businessman, does it open a different like avenue for you of places where you can where you can go, brands you can approach, or maybe even brands approaching you. Does it, you know, is that a change? Is that a changing landscape as well? Yeah, hundred percent. So we, um, Spartan as a as a as a company is trying to move away from just being a, an event operator. Times change, and people look for the next step. So whereas ten years ago, five Ks and ten Ks were the thing, half marathons, marathons had the cycling boom after twenty twelve. Moves on to the next thing, and 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 every sector again, whether it's technology, whether it's retail, whether it's whatever, they they always change and people are looking for the new gap in the market. And if you take obstacle course racing, it feels like totally the natural progression. You look at, you know, there's been intermediate steps with CrossFit and, and Ironman and, and Spartan's now taking its own little route and, and avenue as to a, a new sport and a, and a new uh, type of uh, event. But we as a business, we're trying to trying to move away, as I said, from just being an event operator. We, we We've got this community that's that's Follows us across, you know, every social media platform that exists. Across um, the the conversations they have with their friends, their family, people in the playground, in the workplace, and actually that that opens up a huge opportunity for us to to start going to other areas. You know, we in the US we we've got a, a very successful um, gym program called Spartan Strong, which is sort of the equivalent to you know for for listeners it's like Zumba. So it's you know it's trying to create our own class. Uh, that allows us to have touch points with our racer community outside of race season. You know, we're not just there six weekends or hopefully by 2020, 10 weekends a year. We're having touch points with them once a week because they're attending their Spartan Strong class. The point of difference is that they, they train with their, their sandbag their, or their pancake, as they call it in the US. So again, it's a core feature of our races. It's one of our obstacles. So there's a direct link there. It's all branded Spartan. So that's one example. The second example is um, on sort of a nutrition and apparel level. So as we announced last week, uh, we've announced a global partnership with Kraft, which is a global apparel brand. And again, with Kraft, taking those other avenues of, of exploration, we've got a, a co-branded line of merchandise coming out um, for later this year, next year as well. Uh, co-branded shoe, footwear. So again, new avenues for the business. We're, we're trying to move away from just being an event. I'm not degrading our own event, but you get our, you know, seven years, eight years of running Spartan races and event business. You're like, right, okay, what's next? And and brands develop, brands change over time. And I think we're we're definitely going through that journey ourselves. And I think it's it's sort of crucial for events like yours to to keep adapting because, as you say, 
people's uh, sort of focus on these events and their commitment to the event, you know, it wavers. As you say, we've been through phases of cycling and cycling has grown leaps and bounds and still growing. But, you know, people looking elsewhere for, for the next fitness thing or the next challenge. And the gym uh, Spartan Strong is incredibly interesting because I, when I, I did the sprint, I'll, I'll admit I only did the little 5K one. But still after that, you finish and your whole body, there's parts of your body that ache that you don't, you sort of didn't even realise that you had. Uh, <laughs> um, and it's a real test. And I think anyone who's looking for a different a different form of fitness, something that will actually challenge them and take them out of their comfort zone, it's definitely something for them. And, and But the beauty of it, uh, sort of against that, is that it's for any talent level, it's, basically. It's accessible, yeah. definitely. And I think the... The beauty of the, the trifecta, the sprint, five kilometers, super 12 kilometers, beast, 25 kilometers, is that the sprint, you know, anyone can do that. And, and I mean it. I mean, we've seen, you know, even today, I was looking at our social media profiles and there's sort of this, I think it was 87-year-old uh, granny who'd sort of run a Spartan sprint. Wasn't in this country. I think it was in the US. And anyone can do it. I mean, anyone, you can run a 5K. And if you can't, then you, you, you're kidding yourself. You can just get up and, and sort of ink that chalk ice and watching extenders or whatever and just get up and, and go for a run and you're, you know you'll you'll build that no no don't judge me on my tv choice but um yeah so it's yeah anyone can do it and and i, I think it's one of those things that once you've done the sprint you, you knock down that boundary and then the, the super's only 12 kilometers it's like it's still achievable you're like okay i'll try that that was horrible that never want to do it again i don't want to go to the next obstacle if it's worse than that our first water station so excited the next obstacle you get a bucket Fill it with a lot of rocks, walk around a pointless circle, and then probably dump it back here. So we got the bucket, we have to fill it up to the holes. Okay, the buckets are full to the holes. Now we gotta start walking. You got it. Man, that's rough on the back, isn't it? <laughs> no, you're doing it right, it's just rough. Oh man, that was hard on the back. My back is hurting so bad right now. Just jogging to the next obstacle. Hopefully it's not too bad, because we're getting tired. It does feel really great out here though. Like we were just saying how it's like a perfect day to be doing this. Not too hot, not too cold at all for sure. It's really breezy. It looks really pretty out here though. Like it's got a lot of scenery. As long as nothing wild comes out here and attacks us. Like a cow, we did see some cows. We made it to mile two. And then the beast is there. So there, yeah, there's definitely an incentive to, to keep pushing on. Well, I know my 86 year old granny listens to the podcast, so she may be inspired to sign up. Sign her up. Uh, she lives in Northern Ireland, so I'm sure she can get to Dublin fairly, <laughs> fairly easily. Uh, who's taking part in these events? Is it, is it everyone? And is there, is there sort of, a, is there, can you see a growing sort of celebrity side? Is that becoming a thing? sportsman is you know are you getting those sort of calls those yeah well thanks to you the celeb side is is going from strength to strength i mean you seem to know everyone under the sun but um <laughs> we, we seem to have more under 40s i don't know whether that's just the more engaged community in terms of their fitness whether it's a it's a family's thing but uh yeah we definitely seem to have more under 40s but really the split across you know teenagers and we've got kids races as well but um from teenagers really through to to 40, it's a, it's a pretty even split. And again, I mean, you just you turn up and race day and there's people of all different backgrounds there. You know, some people are fundraising, never run a Spartan race, never run a 10K or anything in their life, but they're fundraising for a particular cause. Again, earlier this week, we, we launched a, a partnership in the UK and Ireland with Macmillan Cancer Support, which is obviously a massive one for us. It's, it's, uh, it's good for us to be partnered with them in the sense it's a great cause. It gives our racers a real reason to run. If, you know, if they're looking for a reason to run their Spartan race and a little bit of added motivation, 
you know, to go and run and, and, and fundraise from Macmillan is, is, is a great way to do that. Uh, we've got people that want to lose weight. We've got people that, you know, have had, you know, tragic things happen in their lives and they're looking for something just to cling on to that will give them something to train towards, give them something to, to hope find that sort of little spark that will help them find something that will help them change their lives. And so, yeah, in terms of who, who's running the race, it's all different backgrounds, loads of different reasons for running. People of all different shapes and sizes. Like it's, it really is. Some people are climbing, climbing over those walls and, you know, whether they, they're they really struggling, but they, they still get over them. And um, I, at the Windsor race last year, I, I spent a lot of, which is our last race uh, of the 2017 season, I um, I spent a lot of time on the eight-foot walls. And um, I was literally just helping people over. So I was probably there for about three hours. I nearly paralyzed myself. My my back <laughs> was pretty dead. That was mainly because of you, actually. But uh, <laughs> the, um... I flew over that wall. <laughs> flew over it. And I, yeah, I was just helping people over the wall. They were standing on my shoulders. Like one person sort of stood on me and had kicked me in the face accidentally, <laughs> which uh, which hurt quite a lot. But uh, again, I, I was I was doing it for two reasons. One, I wanted to sort of be down and dirty and, and start to um, you know really help people and understand what was going on on the, on the race. But also just to speak to people and understand their stories and why they were running. And it was great. I got to meet loads of people, and um, you know I'll see them again in in, the, in a couple of weeks' time. Or sorry, this weekend. Um, for for the for the southeast race in a couple of weeks time or have many weeks away the, the island races so it's uh yeah it's it's a good community and um we have people from from all different backgrounds racing and people listening to this probably would have thought these two words would have been brought up before now but there is obviously a comparison to tough mother um it's 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 they're two very different entities but people put them in the same bracket um tough mother is a team event, although they are, one could say, maybe copying the Sparta model and bringing in the individual race element. Do you see a world, like, can you coexist with Tough Mudder? As as I said, they are slightly different, but people bracket them together. Is that part of your uh, sort of, not struggle, but is that what your aim is to sort of make sure you're separated and seen as different? Yeah, sure. So um, we both, along with other competitors, to be fair, particularly in the UK, I mean, the UK has seen an incredible rise in the number of event operators in the sector of OCR, obstacle course racing. Um, and clearly, you know, Tough Mudder and Spartan, in terms of global players, are two of the biggest um, as that goes. Can we coexist? I, not. It's not really for, for me to comment. I mean, I, I'm fully focused on Spartan, obviously. Um, we have to keep an eye on, on what everyone else is doing. As I said, we've got to, got to maintain our relevance. But, I mean, I was, I was looked, uh, Tough Mudder ran a... Um, 5k event at uh, Olympic Park last weekend. Uh, we ran a, an event at Olympic Park a couple of years ago, 2016, just before my time. Um, so we knew the venue well. Um, and, you know, I was seeing some photos on Facebook and, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lady holding up a sign at the start of the race. Um, well, I say race. What I'm about to say is going to contradict that. But by their own admission, they say, we are not a race, we are an event. So for, for me, the, the, the point of the, the differentiating factor is that they have very much gone for an event it's uh it's a challenge to to overcome a single singular challenge in in time um ours is a race you're you're timed uh, you you get a, a time at the end of your race there's a medal which which tough mother don't have that i believe they've got headbands um of, of different colors for for different race distances i think the key differentiating factor is is one they've gone for more of a of an event we have gone for more of a race i think one thing that um, we're working really hard on is that I, I feel like we at times people think that if they're trying to do it as a team they're better off at Tough Mudder 
we I was doing a look at our, our races for 2017 uh, last season and 2018 this season, and I think 50% of our races register as part of a team. You know, that ranges from two two or three people in a team all the way up to, I think our biggest one is, is over 250. You know, racing as a team can be great. You, know, you, you do it with your friends. You don't necessarily all have to stay together. You can start in the same heat, but actually, you know, you're, you're probably going to have some fitter ones in the group, some less fitter ones in the group, some that just want to run for fun and you know, whatever, do it in a fancy dress costume that's going to sort of restrict their timing. And then you'll have the, you know, a couple of competitive guys and girls that want to really go for it and uh, it was a bit like you and Matt at uh, Windsor. I was just trying to say that uh, we ran it in a team last year and were potentially hindered by two of our team being incredibly hungover. Um, but, <laughs> who were they? Uh, I won't mention their names. Um, they know who they are. I think you're absolutely right. Although it's very much individual Spartan race, there are def- definitely times where you might need, as you as you said, by the eight for walls, a, help, a helping handover or you know someone shouting to get you through the last 10 burpees or whatever it is so um okay perfect and where can people find you where can people apply is you know is there still time for people to apply for the races this year where can we sign up you can sign up on our website uh it's probably the easiest way to do it or you can find us on facebook twitter instagram and all the usual channels the website's www.spartanrace.uk and then if you head there now and I think by the time this goes out we'll still be in our race to sell so you should be able to clench yourself a little 15% discount as well so there's always a little added bonus Lovely Um, Well Sam thank you very much uh, for joining us and listeners if you ever want to meet Sam he will be either helping you over 8 feet walls or uh, opposite Spartan Phil Or looking pretty sunburned in the festival (laughs) Or that Thank you very much Sam And that was Sam Lansdale. As he said, he is the GM of the UK and Ireland Spartan Race. Um, You can find them and sign up on all their Twitter handles and at their website, uh, Spartan Race UK. Uh, You can find us and all the information on the podcast at Mongoose Agency and me at Milo McKean. We are on iTunes and SoundCloud. Please download and give us five stars and subscribe and leave us nice comments. We will be back in a couple of weeks. I'll keep you guessing as to what the subject is, um, but I'm sure we'll have another incredible guest. See you then.